Hey friend, this is Shelby, host of the Resilient Podcast. I believe that every woman should have what she needs to feel confident. Each experience looks different, but that doesn't mean we have to be alone. What if as women, we came together and had real conversations that strengthened each other to go deeper with God and go further in life? I don't know about you, but that's what I'm here for. Let's do this together. Hey ladies, welcome back to the Resilient Podcast. This is Shelby Mossman, and I wanted to take a few minutes today just to introduce myself a little bit more than I typically do. I know that we've gained a lot of new listeners in the past month, and I'm so excited that you guys are here and just joining this community, and I hope that this podcast encourages you in some way or another. Um, But yeah, my name's Shelby, and I am 27 years old. I live in Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada. (laughs) I know, Medicine Hat, I remember hearing for the first time, where is that? Like, when I first heard of it, I was like, what city is that? Where in Canada is that? We're located right above Montana. Um, So just a little bit over the border, which used to not be very far until COVID hit. And now it seems like a lifetime out of the United States. But I'm originally American, so um, I love it here. And it has just been a crazy journey. But um, I have been married for five years to my husband, Clark. And we have one daughter. Her name is Esther. And we live here in Canada because we are in ministry, full-time missions with Youth with a Mission. I don't know if you've heard of that organization before, but... Uh, We are leaders at a YWAM base in uh, Canada. And um, our heart really in ministry in general has always just been to equip people with the right tools to facilitate their own walk with God and to strengthen their relationship with him and then to learn how to share their faith with others and to, yeah, just grow, um, yeah, their spiritual walk. And I found as I have been in ministry that I even have a deeper passion for equipping women, especially women. And I've walked alongside so many different women, uh, whether that be people on staff with me at our ministry or uh, women coming through the program we host, um, all different kinds of women uh, through conferences, all different things. I have come across so many different women and I have just seen some of the same recurring um not issues, but like struggles that we walk through. And a lot of us have a ton of similarities, things that we are making war for in our own lives. And so my heart has really been to equip women um, in their walk with God, to strengthen women. um, And I found in my experiences is you don't have to convince most Christian women to love God. Like naturally we love him. We want to serve him. We want to pour our lives out for him. And you even see that with women through the throughout the whole Bible. There's this yearning in women to pour out their lives for their Savior and their lover. Um, but I know that we walk into some of the hardest things. You know, we walk into things that hold us back. And, and I have found even in the body of Christ, we've not been given a ton of tools to strengthen that walk with God. Like we want to love him, but we struggle so much to know how to do that well. And how do I strengthen my prayer life? How do I, um, even practical things, how do I uh, teach my children to love Jesus? How do I honor my husband and strengthen my marriage um, and keep God the center? How do I um, 
really pour out to my friends around me or if I feel called to minister or um, not even in a like a professional way, but just like to minister to the women around me or my friends or any of that. How do I do that? I, I burn for God, but how do I do that? And so a huge passion of mine and really the reason I started Resilient and this whole podcast and everything was just to uh, do my best to strengthen women and to give them the tools that I have found to help me succeed in my walk with God, both in the spiritual way, but in practical ways too. And so I just hope that this blesses you in some way. I hope that you are here for the journey and I want to help you discover your purpose in knowing God. Um, but yeah, that's my little intro for today. Um, sorry, it took a little longer. I get excited <laughs> when I talk about this topic of, of women growing in their walk with God. But what we're here to talk about today specifically is um, living fully accepted. Uh, I know that so many of us, uh, myself included, struggle at different times in our lives with um, feeling accepted um, by God, by ourselves, um, by the people around us. And I think a big thing that it boils down to is actually feeling loved and receiving unconditional love because being able to accept yourself boils down to the ability to be able to love yourself. And if you've not received unconditional love in like uh, an earthly format, whether that be from family members, parents, um, like in relationships with men like husband or boyfriend, whatever that might be, if you've not experienced that even in friendships, unconditional love, um, it can be really difficult to um, accept yourself. And so I want to really, as I talk about living fully accepted, I want to focus on unconditional love and this idea that we are loved by God in a way that is unmatched uh, with any earthly love. And there are models of it uh, that we experience here through friendship, through relationship. Um, but really, there is nothing on earth that quite matches the love of God because it is unchanging and it is not earned. And I want to talk about that idea of this love that is not earned. Um, so often when we talk about the love of God and whether you were raised in the church or not, um, it, it can be easy to just get into like, yeah, Jesus loves me. We sing the songs. We know that Jesus loves me, that God loves me. But to really feel it and experience it and live as if he does is a different story. And for some reason, we get into this um, topic of God's love and we seem to translate it into some type of earning it. Like for some reason, we can't get away from this idea of earning the love of God or even earning things in general, um, earning any type of love. We struggle with this concept of being loved just because we are, not because of anything we've done or not done or are expected to do. And I think a lot of it goes back to our culture. We have built a culture, especially in our Western world, um, but also throughout the world. Um, we've built this culture of being so independent that we have to earn everything we got. I have to fight for it. I have to earn my way. I have to earn my keep. And God's culture is so opposite ours. Um, he accepts us and loves us simply because he does, not because of anything we do or have done. And sometimes we think that by doing enough good things that we think that God wants us to do, we can achieve more of his love. And 
like this idea that maybe there's deeper levels of his love that I can unlock, you know, if I'm strong enough or obedient enough or, uh, or sensitive to his spirit enough, I'm going to be closer with him and he's going to love me more. Um, but we also have this idea that the worse we are, the more love or the, sorry, the less lovable that we become, the worse we are, like the more bad things, quote unquote, that we do. Um, uh, it's like taking a notch off the board and saying, oh, whoops. Okay. Now I'm less lovable. Ugh, shoot. I got to work harder to get back into this love of God. Um, and for some reason we think it can be taken away by the wrong things that we do. And that boils back again to this acceptance. Like, I can't be fully accepted because of the things that I have or have not done. And these are not only wrong ways of thinking, but they're actually lies. They're lies from the enemy that have been ingrained in us and taught to us and and whispered in our ears. And I am here to tell you right now, in this moment, God loves you fully. He loves you fully at this very second. He can never love you more than he does right now. And he will never love you less. I'm going to say that again. God loves you fully at this moment. He can never love you more than he does right now. And he will never love you less. His love is uncaused. And it is undeserved. And no matter what we do and how good we are, We will never deserve to be loved by God. But he chooses to love us unconditionally. He chooses to accept us fully. Whether we're broken or whole, whether we're weak or strong, whether we're in sin and compromise or living in righteousness, he actually accepts us fully regardless of, of what we do or don't do. And sometimes we can't fathom this love. Actually, not sometimes. Often we struggle to fathom this love because there is nothing in this life that mirrors that. And now I don't want to just discredit because I know that there are so many amazing parents out there that are pouring out measures of unconditional love. My parents were incredible. Um, They really did pour out unconditional love in so many ways. And I'm so, so grateful for that, that that was modeled to me and that I felt accepted by my parents, um, that I've experienced that in my relationship with my husband. Um, But I know that is not common and I know that that is... um, not the norm. And and so there is nothing, even in those relationships that have been whole and that have been really beautiful, um, like in our earthly capacity, even those the best of the best uh, are nothing in comparison to the way that God loves unconditionally. It's actually broken even in comparison to his love. And... So it can be hard for us to translate what does that look like? How do I experience that? How do I accept myself? How do I accept the fact that God loves me like that? And I want to just tell you it's written all throughout scripture. And so the more you dig into the word of God and renew your mind and and take those evil lies that the enemy has told you about who you are and the value that you have, and you take those and you replace it with what he says in his word, 
There's so many things that he talks about in regards to his love for us. He talks about his thoughts for us outnumber the sands on the seashore. He thinks about us all the time. And even, like, it sounds so cheesy, guys, but go back to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that none should perish, but that we could have everlasting life. He, he gave his own son, his own child, so that we could be in relationship with him for eternity. <laughs> because he loved us. Because he fully accepted us, flaws and all. When sin entered the world, he could have just given up and said, okay, I'm done with you. (laughs) I don't want anything to do with you, this human race that is so broken. But no, he chose to create a redemption plan that would last for eternity and bring us back into reconciliation and relationship with him. And, And he chose that for each and every one of us. Like you are not exempt from that redemption plan because of what you have or have not done. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of that redemption plan, we can even stand righteous before God. We can receive his righteousness by faith. Like he can, he actually views us as we, as we give our lives to him. When you've given your life to Jesus and you've, what you're doing is you're exchanging your works for his work that he has done. And God then actually sees you as if you have never sinned. He actually sees us as we exchange our righteousness, which is so, it's like filthy rags, in exchange for the righteousness of Christ. He actually sees us as if Adam and Eve never ate the forbidden fruit and never allowed sin to enter the world. Isn't that crazy to think about? And we receive this righteousness by faith in what Jesus did for us, not by what we do. God sees you. I'm talking to you right now. He sees you in light of your eternal destiny. He sees you. If you have taken on the righteousness of Christ, he sees you as if you have never sinned. And he loves you in your most weak and broken state the same way that he loves you when you have had an amazing week and you've been an amazing friend and an amazing mom and an amazing wife. He loves you the same in those moments as he does when you are in a ball on the floor crying and broken and actually even in compromise. His acceptance of you does not change. And here's the kicker, actually. This is kind of a a side note or a rabbit trail. Um, But I had this revelation several years ago that this is not just true for us who believe in Christ. Like, yes, the exchange is true. um, But God's love for unbelievers is also unchanged and unwavering. He loves unbelievers, someone who has never given their life to him. So if that's you even right now, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. But he loves you even if you have no regard for him. Or maybe you did at one point, but maybe you've turned away. Maybe you've walked away. Maybe you haven't engaged with Jesus in so long. And you've been living in sin. Or you've been living so disconnected from him that you can't imagine he loves you. Well, guess what? He loves unbelievers or even people who've walked away even if you have no regard for him and no intention to ever love him back, he loves you fully. He loves you fully. 
and his love for both unbelievers and for us who are believers does not change even when we sin. (laughs) I just want to say it again because it blew my mind when I had this revelation. His love for someone who has no intention of ever loving him back is unconditional. And he will actually love that person into eternity, even if they spend eternity in hell. Even if they spend eternity eternity separated from him, he will love them forever and fully. And now that can be a bit confusing because then we get into this whole topic of sin. And I just want to clarify a little bit is that just because God loves us fully does not mean that he approves of our sin. But again, he can approve of you and love you and approve of who you are without approving of the sin in your life. So his love is not equivalent to his approval. You can live outside of God's approval, yet within his love. And now don't get confused because it's not his acceptance of you or his approval of who you are. It's his approval of what you are doing or the actions you're taking or the things you're not doing. Um, that is a different category. His, he can love you fully and yet not approve of your sin. And then that can feel a little bit uncon- or conditional in there. But the reason that he he loves us that way is because he cannot overlook our sin because of his love for us. Not in spite of his love for us, but because he loves us so deeply, he can approve of who we are and look upon you with delight and like pour out his love and acceptance and delight over you while still dealing with the sin issues in your life. It is because of his love that he calls us out of our sin. He can't leave us there. Not because he wants to condemn you. Not because he wants to uh, shame you. Not because he wants to hurt you. But because he loves you enough that he will not leave you in a broken place where you are in compromise and sin. He will pull you out. He will and he will meet you there and 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 help you to come out of there. He, and I love it. He deals with the sin in our life. He doesn't reject us because of the sin in our lives. He deals with it. He walks with us through it. He helps us to overcome it. And he longs to be with us in it. Um, it's so interesting because in our sin, God longs that we would run to him instead of distancing ourselves away from him. It's our natural instinct when we sin is to hide ourselves from God, to turn away in shame, uh, to distance ourselves, to not connect with him in the secret place. And it's so interesting to me because that's a a learned behavior. Um, My daughter is almost two right now um, in December of 2020. She is almost two years old. And it's so interesting because the first year, maybe year and a half of her life, um, even when she was doing something that she knew was wrong, She would run to me when I would scold her or when I would tell her, hey, Esther, you can't do that. She would run to me and like want to be held by me. And she still does that at times. But now she often, and this is more recent, it's just in the last like four to six months where now if I am disciplining her or if I'm like telling her, Esther, you can't do that. You need to listen to mommy. She'll often go like Uh, hang her head or hide away and it's so interesting because 
we don't naturally do that. She didn't naturally do that. She ran to me. But somewhere along the line, we're introduced to this idea of shame. It's embedded in our culture. And for some reason, then we start, even at the age of two, to start hiding ourselves when we've done something wrong. And I'm over here with my arms wide open, ready to hold her. It's not It's not like I'm shaming her. I don't want you to think that. Um, I'm here to hold her, even in things that she's not been doing right. And God is the same way. His arms are open to us, ready to hold us. Even when he's like, hey, 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 don't do that. Hey, that's going to hurt you. Hey, that is actually really, really, really sinful. And not in a shame way, but in a that's going to hurt you way. Oh, it's not worth it. Shelby, don't do that. He's standing there with arms wide open like, oh man, it happened. Come back. Come back here. Come back to me. I love you so much. Come back. Don't, no, don't go further. Don't run further away. That's our God, guys. He wants us to run to him in our sin and not away from him. Psalm eighteen nineteen says, he delivered me because he delighted in me. He loves you, which is why he wants to deliver you from sin. He wants to help you get out. Our sin and our immaturity, it doesn't define our entire relationship with God. Often we think like, oh, my sin, it it marks my relationship with God. It doesn't. But at the same time, we are still responsible for our actions. And it's actually through repentance that we can stand right before God. And like I said before, as we walk in repentance, we stand perfectly pure as if we never sinned. Like when it says he removes our sin from us as far as the east is from the west, he's not getting, he's not keeping a, he's not keeping a record or keeping track. No, he actually sees us perfectly pure. And a lot of times we think I have to punish myself to earn my way back into his love. I need to, uh, you know, warm my way back up. No, as soon as we are made aware of our sin and as soon as we repent, he's wanting us even in, in even in that process that's not even the the process of repentance should not be disconnected from his heart it should be in his presence because he longs for us to draw near regardless of our actions and we don't have to earn our way back to that nearness with god earn our way back to into his presence he actually is rejoicing over us throughout that whole process of repentance Even before we've said, God, I'm sorry. He's still rejoicing as our heart is softening towards him. So interesting because David in the Bible is called a man after God's own heart. And yet he sinned over and over again, very blatantly. (laughs) And it's interesting because when David sinned, he, whether he was made aware of it by um, God himself or by a prophet making him aware, whatever it was, um, David was grieved when he was made aware of his sin. And it grieved his heart because he knew that it was grieving God's heart. And so he actually would mourn. He would fully mourn over his sin. And he would repent before the Lord. Sometimes for days he would be uh, mourning his sin. 
But after David repented, he knew that he was right with God. And so he would not punish himself or like feel this pressure to earn his way back into relationship with God. No, he would get up from that place of repentance and continue on in relationship with God with his head held high in boldness, knowing his identity as a king and as a son of God. He wouldn't try to earn his way back into God's love because he already knew he was loved and fully accepted. And it's the same thing with us. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Psalm 103, 12 says, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is for, from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Not only does God forgive us, but he also removes our sins as soon as we repent because of his great love for us, because of his acceptance of us. And guys, just like David, we can have joy as lovers of God, as his children, as his daughters, even when we are weak because he loves us. And he accepts us. And our sin and our failure, it does not disqualify us from our relationship with God or the love that he offers us. No, he fully accepts us in our brokenness, in our weakest moments. And I want to just also touch on obedience because often we get into this idea of, okay, so then if I am fully accepted by God, regardless of what I do, why should I be obedient? And obedience is so connected to that idea of acceptance. And we, as women of God, have often um, translated obedience into acceptance. We've often said, because I am obedient, I am accepted by God. And I even, many times I get things out of order in my own heart. And I can do so many things out out of a desire to feel right with God even in ministry, even in relationship, even in honoring God. Um, and so it's important to check our hearts in that so so often to realign our hearts. It's a constant thing. It's not like, okay, check it off the list. I've conquered that one. <laughs> I wish it was. Oh, I would love to check things off the list and overcome them that way. <laughs> we can overcome and yet still uh, have to work it out in our heart. And I find that this is one that is consistently an area. And I think for a lot of women, it's an area that we are working out in our hearts. Um, but often we think that we are unlovable because of sin and that we can earn that love from God because of our obedience. And really obedience should be something that is done out of a natural response to feeling loved by God. It should not be a means to earning his love. As, as we encounter God, God's love, it should actually launch us into obedience because we're like, oh Lord, you love me so much. I can feel your love. I'm experiencing your love. All right, God, I want to honor you. Oh, I want to show you that I love you because I feel your love. I know that you love me. Oh God, what can I do? Okay, the Bible shows me what I can do to express my love towards you. Obedience should be an expression of love for God. I'm going to say that again. Obedience should be and only should be an expression of love for God. And yet so often we skew it in our own hearts, our own minds. And he's so patient with us in that. 
But I want to tell you right now, obedience um, should not be connected to how you think God feels about you. The other piece of it, though, is so then why should I be obedient if it's not connected? Because here's the deal, guys. Obedience and being spiritually disciplined, um, as we do that, God can entrust us with more. There is this other key, and I, this is maybe even a whole other podcast episode, but there's this whole key um, that comes to faithfulness, right? This whole piece that is faithfulness, that as we are faithful, and this is talked about throughout the Bible as well, as we are faithful, God does reward us. He uh, releases favor over us. As we are faithful with what we are given, we are given more. And so as we are obedient, And as we walk in obedience, it's not a means to earning God's love, but he can pour out more things, um, more responsibility, more favor, more influence, um, because he knows that we are trustable as he, we, as we display obedience and faithfulness and a response to him when he asks and we do what he asks, uh, it displays that there is a level of ability to be trusted with more. But again, it's not connected to his acceptance of you. That is unearned. And so that's kind of a whole nother piece, but that it would be a why as to why be obedient. But guys, again, that shouldn't be our question. When we're asking the question, is it worth it to be obedient? I think that we have um, missed the real heart posture of obedience, which again is this expression of love for Jesus. Okay, so I just want to finish off um, by saying this. I want to encourage you. I hope today you feel the love of God. I want you to take a few moments as you finish this podcast and maybe just sit in the presence of God. Invite him into the room. Invite his presence and say, God, I love you. Just speak to him. God, I love you. I invite you here with me right now. And if you are living in a place of condemnation, if you are struggling to accept yourself, tell God that. Tell him how you feel. Express what you're walking through. And then invite him to speak over you what he really says, who he really says that you are. And remember, God has fully accepted you. And if there was no one else on the entire earth, he would still have gone to the cross for you. Did you know that? If there was no one else in the entire earth, God still would have sent his son Jesus to the cross for you. So I just want to encourage you today. Remember that you can't earn his love. You are fully accepted and loved by God at this very moment. Invite him to speak over you. And if you have never heard God's voice, I have uh, an episode in here. Uh, I don't remember what number it is, but it's called Hearing God's Voice. It's one of the first, uh, I think, 10 episodes. Go back there and I talk you through exactly how to turn your attention uh, to receive from God. And so I want to encourage you, um, posture your heart in a way as you finish listening today to receive from God what he says about you and how he feels about you because I know he wants to speak that over you. There's no condemnation for you. He has fully accepted and loved you. And I hope that today you are able to uh, take some steps towards accepting yourself. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that this blesses you. Um, Feel free to reach out to me at any point. 
My email is info at resilientforthewomen.com. Feel free to reach out to me if you have questions, if you need encouragement, if you want to share anything uh, that you're walking through. You can also find me on social media at Resilient for the Women on social media, both on Instagram and Facebook. Come chat with me. I would love to get to know you better. I hope you are encouraged today and I pray that you are blessed. Thanks for hanging out today. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. I also want to let you know that I've written an ebook called Refreshing Your Prayer Life. This is a tool that I'd love for you to have access to. You can download this free ebook by following the link in the episode notes below. Let's chat again soon.